Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. Why did you become a freelancer? Was it for freedom, flexibility, Probably not because you wanted to manage your own health insurance, taxes, and retirement. Did you know Catch can do all of that for you? Catch offers benefits and personal payroll for the self-employed. With Catch, you can shop for health insurance the same way you shop for a flight. Compare across carriers and find the best price. Catch makes it easy to renew your current plan, find a better one, or enroll for the first time. Even better, all plans are ACA compliant and Catch works on your behalf to get you tax credits that can save hundreds of dollars on your monthly premium. Open enrollment starts November 1st. Get organized for the year ahead. Get covered. Get Catch. Find the plan that's right for you at catch.co slash health. In today's episode, we're going to talk about haters, which we define basically as online bullies, devil's advocates, naysayers, like people in general who drive us nuts as we're trying to push our businesses forward. Because these people, like, weirdly, even if they're not in our businesses or we don't know them personally, they're only, like, online, they can drag us down. So, Kaylee, I want to ask you, like, what kind of, like, haters do you see out there and why do you think they're a problem for freelancers? Yes, there are so many different types of quote unquote haters. I think especially like the larger your social media following becomes or your online presence in general becomes, the more of a target you are personally. And if you are somebody who's very, very sensitive like me, this is really, really difficult to handle. And it's not something you think about going into having a freelance writing business. You just think, oh, I'm going to be behind my computer working on writing projects. Well, if you're marketing your business at all, or you have any sort of online persona, there's this added layer of the general public who is watching and listening to the things that you're saying. And they have thoughts and opinions of their own that they often will share with you. And sometimes they're not super positive if they don't agree with something that you've said, or they don't like your point of view, and they kind of want to go back and forth and engage with you especially in a platform like Twitter, where this can happen very publicly. It almost feels like a public forum where you are you can get into an argument back and forth with somebody. So this can come in many shapes and forms. And what we've heard from our listeners is that sometimes people will put things out there thinking, hey, I'm just sharing my body of work or I, I'm trying to promote my business, like you said. And people will come back and say super negative comments, things like, your work is crap or you're not doing a good job or you're totally wrong on this and kind of try to drag you online and get people to gang up on you and say, yeah, we disagree with this. You're wrong. You're stupid. So this is really something you have to think about. And I kind of want to start here of just like, how do you mentally prepare for that going into kind of a vulnerable position online where you're really just most of us are just trying our best, right? We're trying to put out our best work. We're trying to grow our businesses and do a good job. And still sometimes either we misstep or people interpret things. There's not a lot of room for nuance on especially social media platforms. So how do you handle that? I want to hear what you think because you, it seems like you kind of have a love-hate relationship with social media. Sometimes you're on, sometimes you're off. Tell me how you think about these types of things. 
Yeah, I mean, I a lot of it just makes me roll my eyes, right? Like, but not in a like, oh, haha, I'm rolling my eyes and I'm going to get over it. Like, I'm like, this is too annoying. This is the way that people are interacting is like crazy and annoying and difficult. And at the same time, like, I think the reason that people are on social media is like you said, like, promoting your business, but also like gaining community and you get a lot of positive responses to the things that you say. And you talked a little bit about like what mindset can you have when you're going into this? And I think the first thing I'd say to people is like, just because there are naysayers, haters, trolls, and whatever out there shouldn't scare you like back into a hole. Like I remember like the first time that I ever like experienced it. Well, maybe it wasn't the first time, but like one of the first times that I Uh, experienced a hater online. And I don't know if you know this story, Keely, but I made this like video. It was like a really stupid video, like a comedy video. Not, it didn't have to do with freelancing. And somebody put it like some follower of mine put it in a Reddit thread that was like, it was like in the cringe thread. Do you remember this? Oh no, I don't know the story, but I hate it. Yes. So they put it in the cringe thread, which is like, this person is cringy and horrible, which like Sure. It was like kind of a cringy video. And then it like blew up. It was like on YouTube and it blew up and it got like, I don't know, four or 5,000 hits overnight. And the comments that people had were like so incredibly mean spirited. Like it wasn't like, oh yeah, this is cringy, LOL. It was like, who would ever like date this ugly Jew? Oh my God. Yeah. Like, it was just like horrible. I mean, I even hate saying that sentence out loud, right? But it was like really horrible. And like the result of that is like, I took down the video and I like didn't want to create anything like that online for like a really long time. And I think that I actually like may have missed out because I let that get to me. But at the same time, like, how could I not? Right. Like people were like just so incredibly cruel about my appearance. And it was like just a vulnerable, like it wasn't even a video that I put out and I was like sharing on Twitter. It was like for like my private Facebook friends. Like it was just a small thing. So when I share that, it's like, I feel for people when they're like afraid of what they're going to say. And then I also think, when you're tweeting like it or or sharing in like a business context, it's a little bit safer, right? Um, you're not like necessarily putting your personal life on display, and that's actually like maybe a maybe a good aspect of it. Um, and then the other like thing that you mentioned was that there's not a lot of room for nuance, and that is part of why I have a a love hate relationship with social media. So I feel like on Twitter, I need to have these like hot takes of like. Freelance writers should never do X, Y, and Z. Here's why. And like maybe there's a thread. It's not that I don't have strong opinions about things, but like I have trouble like just putting things out there because I think the world is so much more nuanced than like what gets picked up on these channels. And so I think that contributes to my like love-hate relationship. And then these things get picked up. And it's like a very strong opinion or point of view. And it's not even necessarily like the whole story that that person believes, but then it gets spun into like, I don't know, these people that are like, that's not how it is at all. Or you're not considering the privilege that you have when you're sharing this or or whatever they're saying, right? So I think it's really, really challenging and tricky. I don't think there's like a, there's no like silver bullet for getting around this. I'm curious from you, like what, 
kinds of things in the freelance community specifically are you seeing like the kinds of ideas and stuff that these kind of naysayer personalities have that you see that you think are either like damaging or what kind of behaviors are you seeing? Yeah. I think some of the common things I hear and see are things like somebody will share a piece of their work and then another person will hop in and be like, this is packed with jargon or you're not doing this right or you're, this isn't SEO optimized. This isn't search engine optimized and you are saying that it is. Or you haven't thought about, like you said, you haven't thought about your privilege when it comes to this topic or what about X, Y, and Z. And the thing is, so often with social media or when we share a piece of work, you don't get the background context on what inputs were given to the writer when they were creating something, or maybe they were sharing a spicy take on Twitter for the sake of driving engagement because they knew it would piss people off and get a lot of people talking about it. I feel like that's something I'm seeing more of lately too, is people putting a stake in the ground and kind of making an outrageous or fantastical claim just to spark that engagement because it's good for the algorithm, right? They're kind of like, being controversial on purpose. Yeah. Have you seen this like trend on TikTok? There's this trend with like parenting content where people will be like, people told me like before I had a kid, everyone said I wouldn't want to let my baby sleep in a crib, but I do. And it's like, wait, nobody said that thing. Like they sort of like (laughs) almost like make up a hot, it's a real trend that I'm seeing where they like sort of make up a hot take. Like they're like, everyone said that breastfeeding was horrible, but I breastfeed. And you're like, okay, nobody (laughs) said that first thing. Like It's like manufactured outrage because it's so wildly effective at getting people angry and like engaging with your shit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like I see some, like one of the things that I see, and I think you've seen this too, is that there's some like personalities out there and it's less even about what they think or what their opinion is and more about like the delivery, like that they are like combative and aggressive. And then if somebody says something, they're like, I don't know, I've seen you tweet stuff where you're like, oh, I took some time off today and went for a walk, right? You're like, and maybe you like share a picture of like, I don't know, a tree or something. And somebody's like, you should be hustling all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Or like some of us don't have the luxury of looking at trees. You should take this down. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I feel like, and this is something that all of us should remember is like, it's much more about the person on the other end than anything about us. Like whether it's coming from like jealousy or their own anger about themselves or their business or whatever, it's like, they're really lashing out. It has nothing to do with you going on a walk and seeing a tree, right? Um, <laughs> but but there is that kind of like combative and aggressive attitude out there that's, it's like, it's kind of scary. And I think in terms of like strategies, yeah. So like maybe we can pivot and talk about like when this stuff comes up, like how do you deal with it? Like I think one thing is that, and I've employed this not as much on Twitter, but especially on Instagram is like I mute and unfollow people like it's my job. Or report it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like if someone just shares content that like kind of triggers me in any way, I just like immediately block them or like I ask for ads to not be seen to me. It's not like totally always effective, but like there's stuff out there that I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to look at this. And so I think like being very liberal with like blocking, muting, unfollowing. Yeah. 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 Control the inputs for sure. 
I think another good idea, I feel like there's two options here, right? Number one is like you said, roll your eyes and be like, do I really want to devote my time and energy to responding to this? Like, is it worth the energy? Ask yourself that question. If the answer is no, then don't worry about it. Like it's not the end of the world. The other side of that coin is you could get super sucked into it and have it really kind of mess up your self-worth and get in your head and make you feel rattled about your abilities as a writer or (laughs) your worth as a human being. So if you feel the need to like go back and kind of try to explain the nuance, you can. I think it's kind of a losing battle. And I've done it myself a few times just to try to bring clarity because I felt like it was important for me to do that. Did it make a difference at the end of the day? I don't really think so. I don't think it, it was honestly worth the investment of time and energy that I put in. So I don't know. It's just kind of how your personality is and, and what you think is important to you on a personal level. But also, I think there's a lot of just taking replies and the things people say and do, especially online when they're very brave behind a computer screen, not face to face. There's a lot of bravery that comes from that anonymity that we have online. Take it with a grain of salt and just kind of be like, you know what? I'm not going to let this get to me. I'm not going to let this live rent free in my head. My husband always tries to remind me of that. Like I said, I'm very sensitive. So if if anything comes up where I feel like it puts me in a bad light or people are thinking of me negatively or it's a poor reflection of my work, that's a hard hit for me. And I don't deal with, I'm not a quick bounce back on those things. So, Well, me neither. That's why I have that YouTube example, right? Like it's really, really difficult. It's hard to bounce back from it. And one thing that I will say like in this whole discussion is that like if you have clients that are treating you and talking to you in this way, where like, cause that can happen too, where you have like a prospective client who you share how you do things and they're like, why would you ever do it that way? Or like, how about we structure it in this way? And they can be very combative. Like that's also like a really big red flag that you shouldn't be working with someone. Same with like if thing, if people say things that are like offensive to you that have nothing to do with freelancing, but if they say something like misogynistic or they have like some take that you just like frankly find very offensive, like those are pretty substantial red flags that should be paid attention to, right? Because again, it's like you can control the inputs and like you don't want to be like, taking money from and working for those people that are like promoting basically like negativity or dragging you down. Right. Cause I think it's, it's hard enough even without that to stay positive. Right. It's very hard. And I think, I don't know, maybe it's women, especially maybe it's just sensitive people, especially it can really throw you and not just for a few hours, but it, like for a week, for a month, for several days in a row where you just really feel I'm not good at this. I should just throw in the towel. I should do something else. I'm not funny. I'm not pretty. Whatever it is, it's so easy to let those kind of sink in. And so it's something that you have to think about in having this online persona of sorts. This kind of comes with the territory is like this stuff is going to happen, but you really need to think strategically about like, how am I going to deal with this? Am I going to go back? Am I going to invest, like I said, time and energy into responding? Am I going to post things that could be potentially controversial? Is that something you want to do? These are all things that you don't think about going into freelance writing. You just, again, think I'm going to be doing client work. This is the day-to-day stuff. But then there are these ancillary things that come in off the sidelines that can have an impact on the actual work that you're doing as well. One thing I wanted to ask you about was, have you ever had a client come back to you with feedback that wasn't constructive was really just kind of like 
personally, a personal attack, like just made you feel shitty about your abilities and maybe it was like an, they're not mad at you situation, but they were directing all of their negativity and negative energy at you in the context of edits or a project you were working on or something like that. Yeah. It's been a long time since that's happened, but I feel like when I first started freelancing and was like not as good of a screener, I would occasionally have someone come back to me and they would like give me instructions for what they wanted me to do. It would be like confusing like they didn't do a good job of that. Then I would try and deliver on that. And they would be like, this isn't what we wanted at all. Like, how could you think this is what we wanted? I said, oh my gosh, I remember doing this for this one woman. She was so awful. She was like, she wanted me to do this like branding work for her. This is when I first got started. And I kind of said to her like, hey, this isn't really what I do, but this is the aspect that I can help with. Oh my gosh. And I, so I delivered on what she wanted and she went ape shit on me and the the other people that I was working with. And she was like, this isn't what I wanted at all. You don't understand at all what you're doing. I mean, she just went nuts. And my reaction again was sort of like controlling the input was, I was like, this is not a good fit. Like I was just like, you're fired. I mean, I, I was like, this is nuts. Like, I didn't just immediately say you're fired. I sort of explained my reasoning. And I was like, I think ultimately, like, this is not a good fit. Like, I can't have somebody talking to me like that because it was just so wild. I think that, again, like, as I've gotten more experience, I've gotten way, way better at screening. So first of all, I, I never would have taken on that type of project or worked with that type of person now that I know. I do think that, like you can still get surprised. So like we have a friend who was recently invited to be on a podcast and she had like a really negative experience with the host. And she actually was kind of like, Hey, I think I had a negative experience. <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah. Cause I knew the the host and I was like, Oh yeah. Like you did have a negative experience. Like that person is like a really negative Debbie Downer person. But that like my point in in sharing that is that like she was surprised by that right she has like a very established business she was like invited to be on a podcast which is like an honor and then she was still like oh my gosh like the conversation like it got out of control it wasn't what i wanted and she was kind of asking us like well what should i do should i say i don't want you to publish it should i she was kind of trying to figure out how to take back control and i feel like that is a question always worth asking when these things come up, whether it's on social media, whether it's someone you interact with, whether it's a client, it's like, well, how do I take back control and feel like dignified in this when someone's trying to drag me down? And that is easier said than done, but it's it's worth thinking about. And one other thing that came to mind when, when you were talking through all of this, Kaylee, was it's not just something that comes up in freelancing. It's something that comes up in life. Like dealing with negative, difficult people, people that want to drag you down. Like I feel like I've seen it a little bit in freelancing, but I think you have a much bigger platform around freelance writing than I do. But I have seen it like with doing my comedy or like other areas for me, it's come up. I think it's just something that we have to learn how to deal with. And I do think women get more uh, inappropriate comments than men do. Yeah, I would say that's, at least in my personal experience, that's been true. The kind of final thing I want to close out on here is 
sometimes this negative feedback or even almost intimidation can come from fellow freelance writers who feel threatened as far as like maybe they feel like you're stepping on their toes, you're not addressing the full spectrum of experiences. If you post about something or share something, sometimes it can come right from people maybe that you thought were friends online or were at least, you know, established peers that you'd gone back and forth with and had positive interactions with. And then all of a sudden you get really kind of almost animosity from them online for whatever reason that can throw you and that can be really difficult to handle. And I think that that's one of the reasons it's so important to have a sounding board of fellow freelance writers who you know well, who you can trust, who you can go to and say, hey, this happened today. What do you think about this? Like, should I be concerned about this? What should I say back? Help me talk through this. And so for you and I, we have a a group chat, a group text, where we just kind of pop in and check in with each other. It's a very small group, but it feels good to be able to have those kind of huddle moments where you can pop in and say, oh my God, like this happened today and it sucked. (laughs) Can you help me like reason through this because it broke my brain? So I would say have that community, whether it's group text or a Slack channel or a Facebook group or whatever it is, you've got to have those people you can check in with and be like, hey, this sucked. (laughs) Can you at least like commiserate with me a little bit on this? Yeah. I, I think even like having one person that you could just text and be like, am I insane? This happened to me and I'm like so upset by it. And I think having people that understand the field and the industry is helpful. I mean, you could go to anybody and sort of explain the story, but I think having people that have been there that understand the problem acutely is is really, really important. Yes, totally agree. So definitely a strong case for having a community or at least having, like you said, one person that you can check in with who gets your work and stuff like that. But yeah, it's difficult all around. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com.